Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me always, Blake Harrison. You alright? I'm good, mate. I'm here from uh, from sunny, or, or not really so sunny, uh, Belfast, because um, I'm working at the moment. So, nice. yeah. All... You said work. You've literally just told me I had a Muay Thai lesson yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So it's been like, we've done like makeup and costume and all that and proper filming starts on Tuesday. I think we've got rehearsal tomorrow. But yeah, I'm nice. in Belfast and I thought, well, do you know what? I just want to see if there's a local MMA gym, see if I can carry on doing a little bit of training. And uh, I went to SBG Belfast and had a Muay Thai, little, just, just a little one-on-one session, uh, a uh, lovely man called uh, Muay Thai Mick was holding the pads. And, What's uh, the chances, if you're christened Muay Thai Mick, <laughs> end up becoming a Muay Thai instructor? That's brilliant. I know, What's it's great. It's, I mean, those parents really paved a career for him there with a name like Muay Thai Mick. No, that's his, that's his right. Instagram name. Uh, and, uh, and it was a fantastic session. Really, really enjoyed it. Really loved it. Uh, was oh, absolutely yeah. shattered afterwards. And my shins are a little bit bruised from the old Muay Thai pads because I haven't hit those for a while. And I've got such delicate skin. But, um, of course. <laughs> but no, it was, it was great. It was good. What have you this been up is, to? This is, also, well, this is also the first one we've done where I can't see you because you're, you're, you're recording off of Wi-Fi um, in the, 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 the suite in, in the hotel that you're staying in. <laughs> <at>. uh, <laughs> uh, you're literally... Doing everything you can to get the best Wi-Fi. So you've shut down lots of... You've shut the camera off and you've built some kind of den from what I can picture, from what you were telling me, out of cushions to kind yeah, of absorb that's, any echo in the room. That's sort of Love it. it. I, I wish it was a suite. It's a perfectly fine apartment, except for a few little things. Like, you'd think that they'd go all out, bit of glitz and glamour, you know. There was, like, light fixtures that aren't working. The headboards are, like, falling off the bed. They're just sort of rested against the wall behind the bed, and they're just kind of falling about a bit. Um, and the living room... Th- sm- hang on, the living room smells like old man. Like, there's no <laughs> other way to describe it. It smells like old man. I don't know if it's people been smoking in there or what, but I've, hit, I've got all the cushions out because I hid them in this cupboard because they stink. So, uh, yeah, I've had to buy, buy a couple of those, like... Glade plugins to try and sort out the smell in this living room. 
at what age do you start to smell of old man? Because I'm, I'm worried. Like, I'm thinking, like, when you left my house the other day, did you get home and go, oh, God, God honestly, Kerry, his ass, it smelled of old man? I don't know. It must be something like... I'm assuming smoking has something to do with it. And right. I'm assuming it's probably, like, an unhealthy intake of Werther's Originals. That's what I'm assuming is, is what's, <laughs> what's led to the smell in this... In this probably. Although someone freaked me out because they said there was some story of, like... I don't know where this was. I've, I've given you half a story now. But there was some story of, like, a bloke going to, like, an apartment somewhere or wherever, a hotel, whatever it was, and, so, and for some reason saying the, the room smelt like old lady or something like that. And it turns out there was an old woman living in the walls of the apartment. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Uh, I think it might be an urban legend. This is what I've been told. What, like, like literally some woman that's like an inch thick living in a cavity hey, wall. Have you not like, seen Encanto? It happens. Bruno lived I in the have. walls. I know we're not supposed to talk about Bruno, but he lived in the walls. So maybe it's something <laughs> like that. I don't know. So now I'm freaked out that there might be an old man living in the, in the walls of this apartment. I don't know. Oh, the unnecessary drama you called. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So, in regards to your old man smelling um, cushions, see, if I went in a room uh, and and it smelled of, like, stale smoke and, and worthers, I'd probably go, is there any chance, like, is there any other rooms? Because the stuff here smells like someone's been smoking in it. And I'm, I mean, but no one knows who I am. So, people would just be, all right, fucking hell. And, like, and they'd probably change the room and then probably mutter that I was a fucking tosser after I walked off. If you're off the telly, that's magnified by 10, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Because 100% people will be like, we had that nil from the in-betweeners in the other night. Arsehole, mate. What a diva. <laughs> like, instantly, like... They're not going to say, oh, he was a really nice fellow. He just asked if he could have the, the cushions changed. Yeah. That story don't sell, does it? No, I'm definitely, you know, I have, I've been a bit <laughs> concerned about that. But as a joke, the second AD on this job, who's like, basically a second AD sort of like does a lot of the scheduling and is like your your sort of like liaison when it comes to anything to do with the filming, like the times that you're in, who's picking you up, where they're picking you up, when they're picking you up, what scenes you're doing, all that kind of stuff. That's what Second AD does. And a before bit, we bit started like a servant, filming, is it? Is it a bit like a servant? No, no. They're very oh. well respected by some people. Okay. Um, right. But um, I, in the email, it's our first ever email exchange I've had with this guy and he was like, oh, just so, do you have any like dietary requirements for the caterers, anything like that, blah, blah. I was like, no, no, none of that. And I put that, um, but I'm assuming you've got my rider, which means that, you know, I, I just have like blue M&Ms in my trailer and a cardboard cutout of Philip Schofield. And I just said this as a joke, thinking I was really funny, told my wife about it. She was like, that's the first email you've sent this guy. That, that's just weird. It's not funny. It's just really, really odd. And I was like, oh, no, it'd be fine. It'd be a laugh. And uh, I was proved right because when I turned up uh, and got into my trailer, <laughs> it, there was a cardboard cutout of Danny DeVito saying, I'm not Schofield in my trailer. <laughs> Do you know what? That... I don't know if that's him trying his best to give you what you wanted or he's just fucking one step ahead of you. Like, he sounds like a funny dude, man. No, he I was, love that. He was I've great. seen your Schofield and I've upgraded you to a, a DeVito. Well, that's it. It's an upgrade, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's great. No, he's a right laugh. He's a good lad. And, uh, yeah, we've had a, a few chuckles with Danny uh, over the last couple of days. So, so it's, it's been good. It's been a nice start and it's a lovely group of people. So it's been, other than the old Lovely man man's. smell and potentially having a flatmate I can't see living in the walls, other than that, it's all, it's all been great. 
I want you to take a picture of you with DeVito um, for, 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 for our socials that we can put up because I can't imagine you being as gangly as you are. It's literally going to look like twins, right? <laughs> yeah, I might need to like pad out like my shirt to make it look a bit more muscular. <laughs> you can do yeah. it. Yes. Get down now. Get down. down. Who is your daddy and All right. what does it do? UFC 276, uh, which took place last night. We're recording this Sunday evening, um, so we've all managed to sort of catch up and everything. I've not seen Fight Pass prelims yet, but I'm aware of the results, and I've seen a few little um, highlights of them. Um, also, I did receive a message this week uh, explaining that I need to get off the fence more. Oh, you need to get off apparently the fence. Apparently, you're, 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 yeah, apparently I sit on the fence. So... Uh, yeah, so let's see how this episode goes. Oh, whose message are you saying you sit on the fence? Oh, I'm not going to name and shame. He was only having a laugh, but uh, but I found out he's full of dress, and I've parked my car outside his ass for the last two days. I've watched him come and go. He's got a very sad life. <laughs> um, right, are we going to start? We've not discussed this yet. Are we going to start at the very top and then um, work our way down? I, think, I mean, there's I not really a should. lot that we can skip, is there? Because it's all gold. No. No, I think I think we just go with uh, what happened at the top of the card. So Israel Adesanya, Jared Cannonier. Um, yeah, I mean, what a lot of the narrative coming out of the fight is it was another very dominant but slightly dull title defense from Izzy. Did you find yeah. it particularly dull? Um, how, how's, what's your thoughts on the, on the fight and everything? Um, I picked my phone up a couple of times, which is not a good sign. It's not. Um, and that's, you know what what? I do, that's what I do when you're talking. Like right now, you can't see me, but I'm just looking at my phone. Sorry, mate. Let me just send this. Two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean... It didn't help that it was following on from uh, uh, something spectacular. Um, But, yeah, I I thought he was clearly a much better fighter. I think we maybe sold Jared a little short in in the pre-show because I think we both thought it was going to be an absolute easy masterclass uh, and and not necessarily a stoppage, but an easy night's work. And and it was a slightly easy night's work. I don't, you know, he he post... Um, fighters said that you know he weren't firing all sinners. He was a bit disappointed in his performance, and but even on his worst day, he still beats the number two uh, ranked fighter. Um, I thought Jared Cannonier um, done put on a, 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 a you know a, a proud performance. He should be very pleased with what he done. Um, the worst bit of uh, commentating um, was uh, DC. Um, he uh, come out with some incredible logic uh, in the fifth round. He went, he just needs to start throwing bombs. <laughs> oh, but, excellent. That's what he needs to do. He needs to knock him out okay. and win the fight. Ah, oh, wow. The, the I la- bet he's never thought of that. The language he's used there, I guess, isn't quite right, but I sort of know where he's coming from because I would say you can criticise Cannoneer a little bit like, 
for little caveat to this is you don't know what it's like to fight someone like Israel Adesanya until you're in there. But I think when you know you're at the very least 3-1 down, if not 4-0 down going into the fifth round, mm. you've not taken extraordinary amounts of damage or anything. Like you got lit up a little bit with jabs, you got a little bit of swelling, like, but you've not taken loads and loads of damage. It's... It's like, just fucking go for it, man. Like, you're not getting a title But, 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 but you, if you go for it, what do you mean by go for it? Uh, like, what? Me personally, because you, I think... Risk... I don't imagine it's very easy to hit him. No, it's not. It's clearly not. One of his great things, Adesanya, is that he's so long, he manages distance and range so well, and he can avoid the strikes. But I, I think... If you're never going to get that shot again, which, let's be honest, it's going to be unlikely that Cannoneer is, but who knows, you, you know, whatever, if the, the right things line up for him, then fine. I don't know how old Cannoneer is, but I don't think he's young. I, he, he, I think he's quite old, isn't he? I think he's, he's considerably older than he's he. I remember I, when, I I've remember. got a feeling he's like 37 or something like that. I don't know. Um, so I just think... that. And I think the same with Robert Whittaker in the second fight, maybe, as well. Just throw a bit more caution to the wind. Throw, like, again, I'm not a fighter. I couldn't imagine going through one or two jabs or a right hand from Izzy in order to try and land a couple of shots. That's not me. But those guys, those guys are fighters. They have been in situations where they have to bite down on the mouthpiece and just fucking go for it. Because I, I know if they don't, that's it. Game yeah. over. I'm gonna get, you had I'll, your I'll one shot, on and that's that's it done. And I think you can criticise Izzy a little bit, but he's dominant. He's winning, and he's winning comfortably. Yes, as a fan, it's not overly exciting. And if you were in America and being told, do you want to pay 75 quid for this? You might go, oh, I don't know. Izzy's had quite a few boring fights lately. But ultimately... He's doing the right thing. He's keeping that belt. He's doing things dominantly. He's taking very little damage. Look how, like, pristine his face looked at the press conference and stuff. Looked like he hadn't been in a fight. It's on the person fighting him to go, I might have to take some to give some. And when you're 4-0 or 3-1 down going into the fifth round and your corner's even calling for it, it's like, we need a stoppage. We need a stoppage. You, you, I feel like he's going to come away from that and rewatch that fight and go, fuck, man, I, I, I wish I'd have done more. I have got a little bit of regret with that fight. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I think we can both agree it wasn't the most explosive and exciting fight. Um, but, you know, Izzy gets another W now. Um, that's 23 wins. And obviously, it, I mean, we can talk about who's next in line um, and we'll get on to that fight. Um, but it looks like Pereira's going to be um, next in line. Easy seems to, to want that. Uh, obviously, there was loads of stuff being sort of spoken about in the uh, the, the, the pre-fight uh, conference as well. Um, I, I guess it's an exciting fight to look forward to. It the, the narrative there, you know, we spoke about it on the the, 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 the the pre-show as well. You know, it's clear what the UFC were doing, giving an unranked fighter to the number four ranked opponent. It's to set up you know, this, you know, this, this, this sort of the little, the, the little sort of chink in, in, in Izzy's armour, you know, the, the, the thing that I'm sure he'd like to, you know, the, the, the wrong he'd like to write. And, and I, and I think we're going to get something 
interesting. Uh, I think if it, you know we do get a, a kickboxing match, we'll talk more about this when we get to um, the, the the next fight. But I think is there anyone else that's going to get the, the the easy shot? It's got to be Pereira, right? I no, don't, I've not heard Dana say anything since. No, it's it's. I think it's hundred percent going to be Pereira unless there's some kind of injury or something. So I think mm. that's kind of pretty much ironclad. The thing yeah. that was the most entertaining thing about the uh, main event was Izzy's walkout. I loved the Undertaker stuff with a walkout. I'm I'm all here for it. So I woke up um, uh, and I come downstairs uh, at 5am and uh, just before um, Volk's fight. uh, And uh, after Volk's fight, I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll stick something on our little... We've got a little WhatsApp group, which is me, um, Blake... uh, Scribbis Pip and Brian Lacey. And then I just put on about Volk's performance. Then I thought, oh, shit. Like, Brian, I know that you and, uh, you and Pip were staying up. I thought, oh, Brian's not up. Oh, bollocks. So I, I removed it from there and then sort of chimed back out of that group. Um, and then at that point, I know that you're a wrestling, you know, you as a wrestling fan as a kid. And I know that Pip still is a wrestling nerd. Uh, and then I just saw. I love that when I, you're I thought, a kid, you're a fan, but when you're a grown up, you're a nerd. <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, there was lots of lots of stuff in that pre-fight thing, digging out Izzy for his um, his, his cartoons and uh, and stuff. I love it. I, you know, I, I think like I'm I'm all over what 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 Izzy's about. I think he's a, an absolute cool cat. Um, but one thing I've never understood is wrestling, uh, and I just see him with that, and I just thought. And I just literally messaged people and went, is this some wrestling nerd shit? Uh, <laughs> you don't know the... Un- you must know so, the Undertaker. I knew, no, I'm, I'm fucking 49, Blake. How do you like, not know the Undertaker? Yeah, but he was around like, in, like, the fucking early 90s and shit. Yeah, but I was out going to clubs and stuff like that then. Remember how old I am? Oh, like, man. literally, wrestling for me was Saturday lunchtimes watching Big Daddy and Giant Asaks. Oh, mate, you've, mi- you've missed out. You've missed out, mate. The Undertaker was an absolute legend. I mean, obviously, you could tell that everybody was losing their shit at that walkout. Daniel Cormier fucking fucking loved it. (laughs) He absolutely loved it. Um, But yeah, no, that that was the most entertaining thing about the main event for me. And uh, Yeah. yeah, Izzy Pereira next seems like the obvious thing that will be happening. What do you do with Jared Cannonier? Um, my thought might be Paolo Costa is fighting Luke Rockhold soon and is that a super heavyweight or is that (laughs) good point Um, if it happens at middleweight which is a big if I mean the thing is Jared Cannon is for heavyweight let's get get them both in there at heavyweight 100% but if Costa beats Rockhold I think Costa Cannonier is a great fight um, yeah. If Rockhold wins, then I might want to keep him away from Cannonier because Rockhold's such a name that if he wins against Costa and then gets just one other win against kind of whoever, he could then fight for the belt and it's a big fight. So I don't know. I That's wouldn't... a kickboxing match I'd like to watch, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Izzy styles on Rockhold all day long. But then Rockhold is that kind of mixed martial arts where he's got good grappling. He's a big guy. He's long, not as long as Izzy. But I mean... Yeah, but anyway, regardless, I think if if uh, if Costa beats Rockhold, Cannonier Costa's mm. a really good fight to have. Um, 
we'll, as you say, we will talk about the Pereira Adesanya probably upcoming fight when we get to the Pereira Strickland fight. Shall we just move on to what was another example of dominance, but thoroughly entertaining dominance in Alexander Volkanovsky? Incredible. I had, and I think you agreed. I I had, and I think you agreed with me in the pre-fight show. Some really sneaky gut feeling that Holloway was going to do it. And And why would you not think that? Look at as we spoke about, like Holloway's recent performances, insane. But then look at Volks, insane. Like these two, as we've said so many times, are just head and shoulders above everyone else in that division. Yeah. And then you've realised after last night that Volks gone up another level now. Like, it was so dominant and like, and no one wants to see Max Holloway lose. You know, everyone loves Max and, you know, you could tell by the crowd that booing Volk as soon as he come out, but, oh man, you know, it's often said there's levels to this game, but he was just different level. Like, he was so quick. His hands were rapid and I think by the end of the sort of, or probably even the first round, I think you could see that Max was thinking, oh no. This uh, this seems to be a little different from the last one. Like, it didn't yeah. seem that close. And it never felt, at any point, like Volk was in trouble. He seemed to be enjoying it. He seemed to be so comfortable in there. You know, everything, you know, one and a high five before every round. And, like, there was chitter-chatter in there. His confidence seemed to be booming. Like, I don't know, I know he trained at City for this one. He's obviously, you know, he's training with some killers there. And... Whatever he's doing, it, it just felt like he was, yeah, he was in a league of his own uh, last night. And and I, I started when he got to sort of rounds three and that. And obviously, the cut on Maxi's, you know, eye was a, a nasty cut, and he just looked beaten up. And normally, Max Holloway beats people up. You know, you often see these sort of pictures of Max Holloway in the back of an ambulance with somebody that he's just destroyed. And Max looked smashed to pieces and. Volk, like, is he? Just looked fine. Like, I mean, yeah. I know he's, he, he broke his hand, didn't he? Um, he's, he's broke a bone in his hand, I think. Yes. Uh, Volk. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how long. Yeah, which is a shame because for. it seemed like he could be having another either title defence or moving up to lightweight. We'll get on to what Volk does next uh, in, in a bit. Um, but yeah, the, the hand injury is a real shame. But he says he broke it in round two. I mean, mm. then he carried on with that performance with a broken hand. I mean, that's that, the, the break has not been confirmed, but he's pretty confident because he said he did a similar thing in his left hand uh, yeah. after the second Max fight. But um, yeah. to put on that performance and with a broken hand after round two, I mean, that's mm. crazy. The way he was talking to him, as you say, the uh, like in round one he was saying, I'm too fast for you. Round two, when he cut Max with that big right hand, he was like, oh, that's bad. And you're like, Jesus Christ. He was doing to Max Holloway what Max Holloway did to Calvin Cater, where he was yep, just exactly. chatting to him and just dominating yep. him and really putting a pace on him. Um, 50 45. Was, 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 yeah. 50 45, man. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, He's he's got to be one of the greatest featherweights of all time. I think so. I think I think there's still an argument to be made for Aldo just because of the dominance of he had with the WEC as well and all that. Yeah. But I, I think he's he's got to be above Max now. I mean, I can't remember how many title defenses Max had, but Max dominated Aldo a couple of times. I think maybe Anthony Pettis as well to win an interim belt at some point. Or something I can't remember. Um, 
and yeah, I can't remember. Oh, Brian Ortega obviously put a real beating on, but I think I think Volk now, we especially when in context when you look at how how dominant Max has been over all of the other contenders that he's fought. For Volk to do that was so special. And he put in the press conference the second performance into perspective. And I didn't really know this or I didn't quite remember this. When Volk fought Max for the second time, which I re-watched recently, and I have to say, there's more of an argument for Max winning that fight than I ever remembered. When I watched it live, I thought Volk came back and did really well. But when you watch it again... Max dropped Volk in the first, he dropped him in the second, and then every round after that was so close that I can totally understand why people thought Max won that fight. I think I, after re-watching it, I was really torn between who won that fight. But Volk was talking about, on the, the night of that second fight, USADA, USADA yeah. knocked on his door when he, had, when he was like halfway through sleeping, when he had four hours left of, of sleep or whatever it was, waking him up, getting him to... to to piss or whatever and all that uh, so they could test it and then he said he couldn't get back to sleep so he took melatonin and then he woke up feeling a bit drunk and he was sluggish and his reactions were off and everything was off and he says you look at that fight now and you know I wasn't lying because look at what I just did to him being like hell happy and healthy and and on form absolutely phenomenal performance um yeah utterly incredible he's got to be up there as one of the pound for pound greats when you're talking about pound for pound greats at the moment you're looking at Usman, Adesanya and Volkanovski um I think because Volkanovski's so entertaining there's an argument for him to go number one but I I think you've got to have Usman I think for maybe the dominance and title defenses that he's had you could have Adesanya, but then middleweight is nowhere near as talented as featherweight. So you could swap those two around and have Volk as your number two pound for pound at the moment and have Izzy behind him. I don't know. It's a bit of a weird debate anyway, pound for pound. But I do think that there's a strong, strong argument for Volkanovski being the number one pound for pound guy on the planet. I would rank him second, maybe behind Usman. But yeah, if you've got Volkanovski as your number one pound for pound guy on the planet at the moment, I won't argue with you. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. So, we, obviously, a lot of chit-chat about going up and fighting Charles. Um, obviously, he was there last night. Um, he, I did hear him say, um, well, I mean, we discussed it uh, pre-fight, you know, does he go straight into a title shot? Volks clearly believes that should be the case. You know, he's uh, he, he's proved himself, you know. He's, 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 yeah. he's I mean, something special now, man. He's, it's like, and I know we're, we're, we lean towards him because, you know, we got to have him on here as a guest, and if you've never listened to that episode, go listen to it because, yeah, he's a a, a real lovely stand-up guy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, it looks like the Charles thing could happen. Let's find out a little bit more about his hand. But uh, you weren't yeah, up for I mean, it in the pre-fight show. You have you changed well, your mind because of that performance, or no? I've changed my mind because that guy said I need to get off the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I I think uh, there's part of me that would like. Volkanovski to just stay at featherweight and dominate it and really cement himself as like the greatest featherweight of all time. And I think he could just do with a couple more title defenses to do that. But having said that, no one really is leaping out. I know Josh Emmett just had a win, but it was slightly controversial. Arnold Allen's on a nine-fight win streak, but he just never quite gets that momentum going when he has a win. 
Yeah, he's fighting Ortega, isn't he? Yeah, and if Rodriguez wins, he's probably a front-runner because he's a big name and he's an yeah. entertaining fighter. But again, I don't necessarily think he should go straight in for it. I, I think when you look at Rodriguez, Emmett and Arnold Allen, two of those guys should have a fight and work out who the number one guy is and that guy fights Volk for the belt next. That's That's what I think. Definitely. And I'm not being funny... You've got to have some serious self-confidence if you watched that last night and thought, I can beat him. Yes. Yeah. Which fighters do? Like, I'm sure. But, fuck me. Like, he done that to Max Holloway. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, 50-45. Like, ridiculous. What okay. do you think, if, if, if say, for example, they say, sorry, Islam Makachev, and um, I know we're going to upset... Khabib here, but you go and fight Darius for a number one contender shot. Um, vacant title fight between Volkanovski and Charles Oliveira for the lightweight belt. Who do you favour in that fight? Do you know what you- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You, you can't write Charles off. No. But, uh, you know, you've seen him be, you know, against the ropes and then just pull off some, some fucking spectacular shit. Um... But I don't know, like, Charles Oliveira, he's no better fighter than Max Holloway. Uh, and I don't, I, I, I don't know. I just think Volk's small. And I don't know, like, if, if that's going to be to his advantage or not. I'm not sure. Um, Here's something with that. When it comes to, like, lightweight's got so many great grapplers in it. I wonder if being small is an advantage. Like, I could be chatting completely out of my arse. But when you look at someone like a Dan Hooker or these, like, tall, lean guys, it's kind of like 
there's a lot to be able to kind of get under the hips and take you down and stuff. Volkanovski's really quick and he's short. I wonder if like the Makachevs and Charles Oliveira's and like when they're trying to grapple him, if it's harder to grapple him because he's got that low centre of gravity and you have to get down really yeah. low to try and shoot on him and stuff. And it might actually work in his favour. I could be chatting shit. Anyone that's a proper wrestler no. out there can get but, in touch with us but, and tell us whether I'm right or wrong. But not just wrestling. If you look at striking, like to, to use Mike Tyson as an example, look how short Mike Tyson was in the heavyweight division. And he used that height and that sort of leverage of coming in so low and throwing them uppercuts. He, he used it to his advantage. You know, he was fighting. Most fighters would have definitely have been a foot taller than Mike Tyson. And he used yeah, it but, to his advantage. So I Yeah, but that's because he had such it. a powerful, he had a power advantage over so many people, didn't he? Volk's not got that. You say what you want about Volk. He's great. He works so hard, but he's not a knockout artist, is he? He's not a one-punch power guy. I don't know. I mean, Korean Zombie, you know, he, he knocked him all over the fucking place. Yeah, but that was a like... cumulative damage. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like... Like, Josh Emmett yeah. will put your, can put your lights out very, very quickly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Volk's not necessarily... He's dominance over a period of time. A bit like Max. Max doesn't yeah. knock people out super quick. He just smashes people over the course of... Well, Charles can, can't he? We saw what he did to Gaethje. We saw what he did to Chandler. I mean, and, and he's got the Chandler, grappling as well. Did you see a little bit of beef between Chandler and Dustin? I like that. I don't mind seeing that oh. fight. I'm all over oh, that. I was like, oh, hello. This, yeah. this could be... That'd be a right barnstormer. That would make them all up for that. 100%. Yeah. Spicy. Um, well, we... Sp- we spoke about, you know, potential for, for where Max goes now on the, on the pre-show. Um, you just hope that he heals well and, uh, and yeah, be interested to see where he goes next. But we've got so many fights to talk about. and We've been going half hour already, so I think we need to start sort of piling through this because the next fight is the one that I was so happy to watch. Um, <laughs> Sean Strickland, um, we, we, can sort of, we can put him in a little room with Bryce Mitchell uh, that that just, I mean, I see what he was doing at the pre-fight conference. He, he seized the moment and he got all the column inches. You know, everyone yeah. was talking about him. He said some stuff that I didn't like. He said some stuff that, from my stance, felt a bit homophobic. And, yeah. You know, just just the, the use of words in, in 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 you know, I'm, I'm framing it in the wrong way, and and it didn't sit right with me. Um, and I think he completely looked past Alex Pereira. Uh, he was seemed more interested in, in digging out Izzy. Um, Pereira just sat there, just let him have his way. And he gobbed off to everyone. And he wrote a check he couldn't cash. And he went in there. He stood upright. And he, for some stupid reason, thought, I'm going to stand and strike with this guy. Night, night. Yeah. Melt. <laughs> Absolutely terrible decision. Uh I don't know what he thought the game plan was. Maybe get Pereira comfortable with striking and then shoot when he's least less expecting it. Or I don't know, man. What a, I'm sure that wasn't his corner's game plan. It couldn't have been. And in the pre-fight um, kind of interviews he had and stuff, he was talking about that he is going to wrestle and he didn't. But yeah, that that was such a bad, bad decision and a bad way to go about that fight uh, I agree with you on all the pre-fight chat some of his stuff that he said was entertaining when he was talking about um like like get someone asked him maybe about getting advice from Izzy and he's like well what's the advice he's going to give me for the Pereira fight like what not to do 
don't take a nap in the middle of the ring. I'm like, that's that's fun. That's great. You're yeah. getting at the champ. You're laying seeds for if you win. You got. To... But then when he starts talking about like, oh, he's gay watching, he's all that like, well, now you've lost me, mate, because it's just unnecessary. And it is homophobic and it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shame because... As you say, there were points in that press conference where he was actually being entertaining and saying things that could lead to some good promo for a future fight with Izzy, and then he goes and ruins it with the other really dumb, dumb stuff that he says. So I am quite glad he got laid out for that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, like you never see fighters, you know, and, and we've seen it, you know, I'm not going to start calling out fighters that have said it, um, but, you know, there's been plenty of instances where that kind of phrasing and, and, and sort of, you know, use of the word gay in a very detrimental uh, way has been used quite a lot. And no one ever seems to be sort of made accountable for it. They, no. never, they never seem to sort of be pulled on it, which, uh, which is a shame. But, um, Especially when, like, but, you've yeah. got, you're like, you're one of your most dominant champions ever, Amanda Nunes, is gay. Like, mm. she's like a poster woman for your organisation. I know she recently got beat, but she was like the queen of MMA for a while. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. she's gay. Like, yeah. back her, defend her, stuff like that. You got like people that we love, like, like Molly McCann. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are huge fans of Molly McCann as well. Like, just back, back those people and back those fighters as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, it let's was move London, on it, it, it was London Pride yesterday, and uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was a lovely little moment to see him get spanked on his ass uh, yeah. after uh, saying such dumb shit. Um, okay, so obviously we spoke about it. Now we know where Pereira's going next. It looks like he's going to be the title shot, and we should, should also credit him with you know an incredible uh, strike, and then obviously he clumped him again uh, as he was sort of desperately trying to sort of get to his feet. But yeah, he looked. Terrifying, I thought. Do, what? So, what do you think of an Adesanya fight? Then, How, do you do? You, I have I haven't watched his two previous kickboxing fights with, with Adesanya. I no. have seen the knockout, and it looked really bad in that. I think second fight, Adesanya was like revived with like an oxygen mask and all sorts. It looked really bad. Um, but Adesanya has a constant narrative in the the kind of pre-fight press conference and all that stuff of like, have you seen the actual fight? Like, I put him on skates early and I was beating him up and then he landed the shot and he was like, you know, if I, what's his... It's quite a bad quote, isn't it? But like, if I put you on skates again, you're going to be frozen like Elsa or whatever it is that he was saying, uh, which is a bit of a bad line. But um, point being, in the four-ounce gloves, he thinks he'd be able to get the better of him like he did early in his kickboxing fight and then not let him recover to be able to land that big shot that knocks him out. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I haven't seen any of those kickboxing fights, but just from watching Pereira's very short journey in the UFC, would you favour him against Adesanya or would you favour Adesanya? I I think... I don't know. I've not seen enough uh, MMA from Pereira um, to to make a a, a decent argument for him. Uh, I've seen Izzy, obviously you know, maintain where he is, you know, for a long time and look, you know, nine times out of ten, incredible. Um, I, I, oh, I can't not make a call, can I? I'll be sitting on the fence. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think um, 
it, it well, it, it's like anything, isn't it? You think if you've got a, a, a multi-skilled, you know, tricky fighter like Izzy, you know, you've got to, as you said with Jared, like, what well, bite down on the gum piece, you know, put yourself in the firing line, try and get that finish because you're being schooled. Um, but, yeah, if you do land that shot and you've got that sort of power then, you know, he's, he's done it before. There's no reason why he can't do it again. But I'm sure that Israel Adesanya that would step in the octagon in the UFC against Alex Pereira will be a far different Izzy than um, he last fought against. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Izzy. What about you? Um, oh, well, I mean, I think I'll probably chop and change my mind over the course of the next few months or whenever it is that they finally... Get to fight get each off the other. Fence, Blake. No, no, no. That's not on the fence. I'll say I'm going to chop and change my mind. I'll, well, I'm not on the fence. I'll just be leapfrogging over the fence back and forth <laughs> regularly. Um, at the moment, the way I think about it is, I think I need to watch those kickboxing fights to get a really good idea of, of where I think both of them were. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're not going to fight an MMA fight. I, I, I think it'd be amazing if Izzy actually shot for takedowns against Pereira. Probably wouldn't be a bad thing to do early on just to make him think. But I can't see Izzy doing that. I can see this being a kickboxing match. Now, Izzy might be faster. Izzy might be more technically skillful. But I tell you what, the power, the power of Pereira, I think, is scary. And I think Izzy might go into that fight and he will not be able to avoid the images of him being revived with an oxygen mask and all that kind of stuff that's floating around the internet. And I don't know, man. I I think it's going to be a really fascinating fight. I'm fascinated to watch it. As it stands now, I'd I'd really be concerned because I think both of them will be two of the most elite strikers that have ever fought each other in the UFC. And I think Pereira might only have to catch him once, whereas Izzy might have to catch him a few times. And I, I just think when it's evenly matched like that, you favour the power. And uh, yeah, and the other thing with Izzy is he's always fighting guys that are a fair amount shorter than him. Vittori, Whitaker, Cannoneer. He towers over them. He's not doing that, Pereira. Pereira's his size, it seems. So... Yeah, I just, um, I worry for Izzy in, in that fight, actually. Are you, you going to actually make a call on it? You're still sitting on the fence, mate. Who are you saying? Well, <laughs> right now, as it stands, yep. uh, I'd, uh, I'd put my neck out there and say Pereira. <laughs> All right. Well, look, talking about uh, some, some, some heavy hands, uh, the heavy hands were all over the place in this next fight, which was one of my favourite fights of the night. Um, uh, and we're talking about uh, Barbarina versus uh, Robbie Lawler. Oh. Hey, it was right. great, wasn't it? It was, again, that proper old school. With Robbie Lawler, you know what you're getting. I mean, he's 40 years old. He's taken an awful lot of damage. For his own safety and health, he probably should think about retiring. But as a fan, the day he retires will be so sad because he is, whether he's doing five-round title fights against the likes of Carlos Condit or Rory McDonald, or whether he's in a scrap with Brian Barberina, he is entertainment from start to finish. He was landing big, heavy strikes. I felt like he was getting the better of Barberina. I thought he looked fantastic. 
And then Barbarino, I'm, I'm really struggling not to sing Barbaran by the Beach Boys. Um, <laughs> but Barbarina, um, the elbows I thought were, were really clever. Like the way he was yeah. just throwing them, he was throwing the shots, and he was throwing really, a lot of big combinations as well, which I, I, I thought was. But he was throwing punches in bunches, whereas Robbie was being a bit more choice, but was probably causing more damage with his strikes, Robbie. Um, yeah. But, you know, as much as we want to sit and, and, and revel in what a, an incredible career Robbie's, you know, had to date. Um, props to Brian Barbarina because he looked fucking brilliant. Like, he, he, he absolutely stood there toe-to-toe with Robbie, he ate all of them shots, and he never stopped throwing shitloads of punches and elbows. And I think them elbows were causing Robbie trouble. And then, yeah, you know, what a fucking win for Brian Barbarina to have him, like, you know, as he said in the post-fight, like... You know, he was a, a real hero, you know. I looked up to the guy and, you know, uh, no one at 170 is not going to have, like, mad love for Robbie Lawler. You know, he's a hero, man. And, you know, he's one of the greats. And we'll, we'll get on to another great that's uh, that, 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 that called time on their career uh, in, in a moment. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the fight with Nick Diaz, uh, that was fun. Um <sighs> I don't know what's next for Robbie. Is is there anyone at one seventy you'd want to see him fight? I don't know. Um, um, it'd only be it'd only be like proper legends and and stuff. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, and I'd... not not particularly. You know, it's it's legends league stuff. You know, bring back Tyron Woodley for one fight so he can get a nice win or something. I mean, that's all I'm really interested in seeing for Robbie Lawler. But having said that, you put him against anyone with yeah. that kind of just like. Less technical, less grapple, just like, you know, those old-fashioned brawler-type fighter. It's going to be a fun fight. It's going to be a really fun fight. So, yeah, I've got no no problems watching It will be a fun fight, that. but do you want to see Robbie... Do you want to see Robbie keep taking that sort of damage, though? Do you know what I mean? He, he, he got hit a lot last night, and like you say, he's 40, uh, and he's been, you know, hit a lot in his career, and I don't know. I, I'd... I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be super excited to see him fight again, like because you know he he, he looked great in in you know in the in the well, in both rounds really, but uh, obviously he just didn't sort of come out the second round looking too great. But uh, I, I'm not I'm not keen to to, to see any more Robbie Law. Like, like Brian Barbarino was an absolute savage, but you know he's he's not a He's not a sort of ranked guy. Um, I, I guess give him, if he's going to fight, give him like like you say, someone that's in the sort of twilight years of their their career that you know you could get a bit of a, a fun fight. But yeah, I'm I'm not mad keen to see him get back in there. Um, no, I guess one I think of the that's fights, fair enough. I'm not either. Um, Sean O'Malley. Um, obviously, there's always. Um, a lot of attention on him uh, and, and a lot of hype and interest. Um, and I thought the fight started well. I thought Pedro was clearly trying to hack away at um, Sugar's legs uh, and was having success there. Don't get me wrong, Sugar didn't look troubled. Um, he he looked very comfortable in there. Um, probably, you know, until what happened happened. Uh, probably the, the it's got to be the highest ranked fighter O'Malley's ever fought. Um, I think when he fought Cheetah, obviously Cheetah wasn't anywhere near where he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought Munoz like put in a a, a a good performance, and then 
Yeah, second round. Um, you get a. Do you know what? And it's so easy when you watch them replays to go. Well, that didn't look that bad. Like, but you know, you see the ones sometimes where like literally the finger just gets lost, and you think, "Oh my god, that's disgusting." But it almost looked like it. It didn't really go in his eyes or went up. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not a doctor, and I'm certainly not Pedro Munoz, and, and I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you know Munoz tried to get out of that fight. He, you know, he's a killer, uh, and, and and you know, obviously wanted to get uh, O'Malley's name on his record because it's a great name to get. But yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. I'm going to get on the fence here and say that. I've since seen uh, Pedro uh, post on social media. His eye swollen to fuck. It doesn't look good. Um, and you know, I've I've literally been poked in the eye by like my little nephew and that, and I've like literally cried like a baby for for ages, thinking I'm just never going to see again. So you know, having someone like Sugar Sean throw a big palm in your face and that finger goes anywhere near your eye, he's you know, and and also if you're fighting Sean O'Malley, you don't want to be a hero and fighting with like you know, blurred vision in one of your eyes or something, when you, someone's got hands as rapid as sugars. So, you know, the smart fighter will assess that moment and go, do you know what? Why do I want to carry on fighting this and not be the fighter I am? Like, I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna call time on it. And, and I think it's a brave move. Do you know what I mean? And, I, but do you know what I mean about when you saw the replay, it was... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Like, mm. I would say that uh, from one angle it didn't look too bad but then they showed it on another angle and you did see his finger go in there because at first I was worrying about like oh god is not that he was backing out the fire of it but it just I was like it didn't look that bad initially but you watch the replay for another angle and you're like no it did really go in there as you said you've seen him uh, post on socials about how bad his eye is and stuff um also, the reason that it wouldn't make sense for him to find a way out of the fight is that I think you can make a strong argument that he won that first round. It was a really... 100% won the first round. Yeah, uneventful, pretty dull, just a bunch of leg kicks, not much going on, but won the first round with that. Had, again, not very fan-friendly, but had a game plan to be able to sort of nullify O'Malley a bit. And I know O'Malley was sort of feeling himself a little bit more in the second round, but... I don't know. Um, I, I think the smart thing to do is probably just to hope that Munoz recovers very quickly and you run that back as soon as you can. That's probably the best Definitely. thing to do. Would you run it back or would Definitely. you make him fight someone else? Yeah. De- definitely. Like, yeah, roll it back. Like, like I say, he took that first round. Second round, Sean um, was starting to find his range and he was letting his hands go a bit more. It was warming up to be a really exciting fight. And, uh, yeah, it's just a shame that we never got to see the end of the second and the third. So, definitely roll it back. Like, I don't think Sean O'Malley should get... You know, he didn't do anything to deserve to, to, to get anybody else in the top ten. He, he, has, he hasn't been Pedro Munoz yet. Um, 
like the hype can only carry you so far, I think. And yeah, like Pedro Munoz done nothing wrong. He sh- he should definitely, you know, he, he uh, you know, if that went to the scorecards, that he would have took that. Um, so yeah, roll it back, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Shall we move on to the so, prelims? Yeah, let's let's do that. And not everybody at, at, at City Kickboxing had a great night. Uh, Brad Riddell really did not have a a good night. Uh, Jalen Turner had a spectacular night. Um, mate, like yeah. he made that look easy. <laughs> he really did. He caught him on the feet with a good shot and then just got that guillotine. And yeah, it, that was, that was, I thought that was so impressive. I, I would, you yeah. could argue that's the most impressive moment of the night. Um, I know that Volk doing that to Holloway probably probably takes it to be fair but I just think yeah, I was expecting a really good fight between Jalen Turner and, and Brad Riddell I, I, I always really liked Brad Riddell but Turner as you say made that look so easy um, and he's now going to be in the top 15 he's going to be ranked 14th um, I think Jalen Turner now give him the loser of Fizia versus RDA that's what I'd, I'd like to see. That fight's coming up very soon. I think it might even be this week. I'm down with that, mate. Um, Fiziev RDA. Uh, and I think that would take him into the top 10 if he beat maybe the loser of that fight. So I think that could make a lot of sense. Um, the one thing he did say that I didn't like is he said that, you know, oh, yeah, I want to get in here again at the end of the year or early next year. And I'm like, mate, that's you've just smashed a guy in like 40 seconds or whatever it is. You should get back in there as quick as you possibly can. Build on that momentum, fight someone new quickly, and that took is no what damage and got in and out of there in forty-five seconds. Why yeah. are you talking next year? Yeah, Makes man. no sense. I, I right. think he should be aiming to get in there within the next three months if he can. I mean, good to earn another paycheck, fight someone. Mm. I mean, he should be fighting someone ranked above him anyway after a performance like that. So. Get that going. I think if he waits until January or February, people are just going to forget all about this yeah. performance. So I, I think that's the only 100%. mistake he made uh, last night. Um, what was the next one on the card we're looking at? Um, it, oh, should we go to Ian Gary, our friend Ian Gary? Your your uh, uh, your internet's getting really quite bad. Um, so uh, hopefully yeah. it'll, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll calm down and it'll sort itself out. But uh, but um, yeah, hopefully we've got a little backup audio. So if you're listening and you've not got any glitching and you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, it, we've got a little backup audio. So hopefully everything will be all right. But um, if you get a few little bits of glitches, then bear with us, people, because um, yeah, we had to do this show. And as, as mentioned at the beginning, um, Blake's... Um, in, uh, in, in in Belfast under a, a pile of cushions that smell of old men. Um, okay, well, look, the next fight I've got here is um, is, uh, is, is is Jim Miller and, and, and Cowboy, um, and I mean, I, th- I thought it was a great fight. Um, really, really uh, impressed with that. Um, Jim Miller, legit legend. Don Cerrone, legit legend. Um, Got a great choke, uh, brilliant guillotine uh, on Cowboy. Um, seemed to get the arm in there as well, and yeah, and and one minute thirty odd of the second round, uh, Cowboy taps, and 
a great a great win for Miller and and it signalled the the retirement of uh, of Cowboy. And I thought the way that that was dealt with, uh, you know, initially I thought, oh, don't steal Jim Miller's moment. You know, he's 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 got this win, um, and obviously that fight should have been. Um, not Jim Miller. It was meant to have been uh, the uh, Joe Lozon fight that seemed to just be cursed and and and, and not ever going to happen. And it won't happen now because Cowboy uh, took off his uh, gloves and uh, and his stetson and left it in the middle of the octagon. Uh, and yeah, what what a career um, as 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 um, as DC said. Uh, definitely going to be. Or was it Joe? I think uh, said definitely going to be in the, the the Hall of Fame and rightly so. Um, yeah. yeah, rarely did you see Cowboy in a boring fight, and and you see Cowboy. You know, you talk about Jalen Turner saying, "I'll, I'll look to fight," you know, uh, end of the year or next year. Cerrone's like, "I'll fight next week," you know, uh, and and he would, he would take these last minute fights, you know, fresh out of a fight, and and he always shows up, and and he always puts on a a, a performance, you know, and he's now wants to be a movie star and and all you know and best of luck to him man he's uh, he's given us so much entertainment over the years and uh yeah absolute legit hall of famer in my opinion yeah best of luck to uh, to cowboy with whatever he does next jim miller obviously becoming i think that the most wins in ufc history now uh for jim miller yeah and uh yeah and i mean yeah i mean Cerrone retiring it felt right um yeah. If you he's 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 not done particularly well of late, and uh, yeah, just feels like the right move. But as you say, Cerrone's one of those guys that when I started watching the UFC, I was always impressed with this guy that just as you say, six weeks later after he last fought, he'll be fighting again. He'll take on anyone, anytime, anywhere. Kind of a true like fighter's fighter, it seems, and uh, absolutely, and that's something that I think you you've always got to respect Cowboy for, even though he was never like one of the elite level fighters. He was, you know, he never seemed to thrive in in the big occasions when the pressure was really on. That was always a criticism of Cowboy, but God, he was entertaining, and he was as a fighter's fighter. He was always there to, to looking for the next fight just weeks after the last one. And I think Dana always loved him and he'll be a Hall of Famer for sure. Absolutely. And, and props to Jim Miller. I've just, I've just gone on Tapology and look, Jim Miller is 84. Like, to be 84 <laughs> years of age uh, and got the most wins in UFC history, very, very impressive. He'll have one of your Werther's originals. Um, right, coming up next, um, our homie, um, Ian Gary. It's not just Ian Gary anymore. Um, Ian Mercado. Um, Gary. Um, from what I gather, um, that's um, that's his wife's um, Layla's middle name. Uh, sorry, um, uh, 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 name. And they're gonna obviously she's pregnant at the moment, and uh, and they're gonna sort of double barrel the name, which I'm loving that. Um, loving Ian Gary. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Mr. Harrison, but um, posted a little thing on the socials uh, saying congratulations to our homie. Ian Gary, um, enjoy the Skittles. Uh, sent us a little message back saying it's always about the Skittles, boys. And uh, yeah, um, and I mean, I thought this was a really good test for Ian Gary. I thought um, I thought Gabe Green was game as fuck. He came to he, he came to take that, and uh, and I thought. Again, he was throwing loads of stuff and was quite wild, uh, Gabe Green, and I thought. Ian Gary was just really measured, um, just looked like 
it's all coming together for him. His timing was precise. His right hand looked solid. Um, I, I was loving the knees he was throwing. Um, just just looked comfortable when he was getting um, uh, in the clinch. He'd spin the clinch every time and control the clinch. Um, yeah, I, ju- I just thought he looked like a, a really good fight. He's 10-0 and now. And... Uh, I thought it was strange. I don't know if if, if you noticed, but it, th- there was no post-fight interview for Ian Gary. Yeah, um, I did notice that. That was really annoying. So, uh, you know, Gary's always really good on the mic, and I think it's it's a shame for him, really, because I think that helps really build him as a, as a fighter. Because other than absolutely. his debut, his performances haven't, exa- have, haven't exactly set the world on fire. So they've been they've solid, been really good performances. Yeah, no, they've, they've been more been than competent. They've, they've been good performances, but they've not been like these amazing highlight reel knockouts or like it's not highlight reel, hundred percent. And and 100%. that's a, but in a way, that's maybe not a bad thing for Ian Gary. He's only about twenty four years old. The UFC 100%. might push him slowly because of this, because they know they've got a potential star on their hands with the way that he does um, chat on the mic. And he'll have the the Irish fandom if he starts doing really well. That'll increase and increase. And I think. They're just going to slow roll him. It's okay for that to be the case. And yeah. he'll, he's getting in his last two fights. He had the full 15 minutes in the cage on both of his last two fights in the UFC. Was pretty dominant throughout. Um, and he's learning. He's maturing. Facing a little bit of adversity. And then getting that time in the cage. work like Making sure that his cardio is always on point. And just taking everything from those 15-minute experiences. If he was getting first-round finishes all the time and then all of a sudden came up against someone that was taking him the distance, he might struggle. But now he's got that inbuilt muscle memory experience of yeah. doing those 15 minutes. And I think that will be that will serve him really well down the line. So this isn't a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. The, I mean, this was a fight. Uh, Drickus de Plesis, uh versus Brad Tavares. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Dricker seemed to just, and, and I think it, it, Joe or, or, or DC said it like, as he got tired, he seemed to fight better. He was like literally gasping for air, but was still just throwing like huge shots, and it it was just a an absolute brawl. I, I, actually, do you know like what got fight of the night, or, or do you know what any of the bonuses went to? Yes, I do know the bonuses. So the bonuses were Jalen Turner, Stoliarenko, Alex Pereira, I think, and the fight of the night was Bar. Was it Barbarina Lawler? I think it was Barbarina Lawler. Was the fight of the night? I, I mean, so, yeah. worthy, absolutely. But this was a, a, another big old slugfest of uh, of beasts, and yeah, I loved it. What did you think? Mate, I lost you. What did you say? Uh, yeah, I just said like I thought it was a, an absolute belter. Uh, what did you think? Oh, yeah, it was uh, an absolutely cracking fight. Um, I think, sorry, I'm just struggling with this bloody internet at the moment, but I love the fight. I think that there was potentially a head clash, really, because Dricker seemed to like blitz in uh, in round one quite early, and I think there was like a clash of heads or something. And then you saw that Dricker seemed to be quite hurt, and that seemed to lead to him going a bit all over the shop for a bit. Um, 
and, and the commentators didn't pick up on this, but I'm sure if you watch it back quite early on, there was, as he blitzes forwards, maybe a clash of heads or something, and then DC's like, oh, he's hurt. Um, Tavares must have caught him with something. And I, I think it was more a clash of heads than anything else. Um, and Tavares did seem to deal with him pretty easily in that first round. But then after that, uh, Drickus Duplessis, albeit quite a chaotic style, won the next two rounds, I think, relatively convincingly. Um, DDP will now be 12th in the rankings. Calls out Gastelum, which does make sense. It's a fight that should have been going on a little bit earlier. Uh, got cancelled for some reason, I think. Um, he could also maybe fight the loser of Hermanson versus Till when that happens in July. So, yeah, lots of options. Drickus Duplicy. I do think he could have made that look a bit better, though. I don't know whether the occasion got to him or what, but he did seem to get tired very, very quickly, maybe rush things a little bit, and hopefully maybe he'll calm down. But it's been a long time since he's fought. I think it's been about a year since he's fought because he was dealing with injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I think, the, I said this on the um, preview show, that the middleweight matchmaking on this card was superb because we had Drikus Duplessis and Brad Tavares, and that went the way that I think the UFC would want in terms of new blood in Drikus Duplessis getting in towards that top 15. And then Andre Muniz versus Uriah Hall. Wasn't quite how I expected it. It was pretty dominant and comfortable for Muniz, but I did think that he would get the submission from Uriah Hall. But Uriah Hall seemed to be in there. Again, I feel bad to be critical of fighters. I don't know what it's like to step in there, but it did almost feel like Hall, and, and I feel like he's got a history of doing stuff like this, was in there to not get finished rather than win the fight himself. That was the feeling I had uh, when watching it. He was just defending takedowns but not really trying to do too much of his own offence. Um, so Muniz with a really comfortable win there. And I would say you could do Muniz versus Strickland now. I think let's throw Muniz up the rankings. I think he's really very, very good. He's got that jiu-jitsu style, which is different to the other guys fighting at the top, like like Adesanya, Pereira, Whitaker, and, and the likes. I think give Muniz someone right towards the top, like Strickland, so that he could take a place in the top five and look at getting a title shot potentially soon. You Did you yeah, watch I'm the not... fight pass no, prelims? No, I've not seen the fight pass prelims yet. Um... Well, that, so, was, uh, that was probably the most important one in terms of like what that what was at stake, you know, was the Muniz Hall one. And it went the way that I think we were probably all expecting because I say Hall yeah. does have that, that habit of not not quite turning up for these fights. He did a similar thing against against Sean Strickland, I think. Um the other fights on the fight pass room was uh, Macy Barber versus Jessica I. Barber defeats I, I retires, um and Macy Barber getting better and better, but I still think a long way off for challenging from a belt at 125 pounds. And then Jessica Rose Clark versus Stolia Renko. Did you see what happened to her arm? Yeah, that's not good. Oh, mate, it looked gross. Um, yeah, so that was one hell of a way to start the uh, the fight past prelims was, you know, 42 seconds after Jessica Rose Clark, another WWE moment, Jessica Rose Clark came down the aisles to Shawn Michaels' music, which I'm, I'm assuming you know very well. I don't know uh, what Stuart. I don't know what that means. I've, no, I've no idea. Like nerd, but uh, 
Nothing makes me happier than the people that are in the hotel room next to yours just saying, I've just seen that, uh, that Blake Harrison fella uh, go into that room. Why is he in a room on his own singing, I'm just a sexy boy? <laughs> do you not have that as your routine I like to just put on my tighty whiteies look in the mirror socks on obviously and, uh, and just sing that song into my hairbrush that's a good look mate that's how I, I get, that's how I used to get ready for dates <laughs> <laughs> big date tonight yeah I'm just a sexy boy sexy boy and that's what I do in my wife runs that's me. If you're lacking confidence before a date, guys, that's what you do. You throw on your undies, you get in front of the mirror with the hairbrush, and you sing Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Oh, poor Kerry, honestly. <laughs> she knows it's a big night when I'm doing Sexy Boy in front of the mirror. <laughs> alright dude well look um, thanks ever so much for listening people um, I hope you've all got as, as much enjoyment watching that card as what we did it was an absolute banger thanks so much for uh, listening to the episode um, we've had um, who have we had on the podcast that fought on this night Ian Gary we've had Ian on a couple of times go check out our episodes of Ian Gary uh, and go and check out our chat with Alexander Volkanovsky it's a wonderful chat and while you're there subscribe check out the rest of the back catalogue because we've had a big bundle of all your favourite fighters uh, and we've got some good ones coming your way soon um, Blake we're back next time right? We're back next time hopefully with slightly better internet so uh, apologies if you've got any uh, scruples and scrambles while we were doing this scruple scramble that's a game isn't it? Do you have a scruple scramble? I think it's just called scrabble mate No scruple scramble it was a board game with like a um, with like a marble Right, was this around the same time as like wrestling and shit when I was like, you know, I was probably driving then, mate. Well, again, you've missed out, mate. Scribble, scramble, yeah. and WWE. You've had, a sh- you've had a shit life. <laughs> Can I have one of them words, please? <laughs> okay, bye, um, guys. <laughs> see ya.